0: Let's look at Luke chapter 4. We'll start at verse 18, run into 19, Amplified Classic. The Spirit, Jesus said this. He said, the Spirit of the Lord's on me because he has anointed me, the the anointed one, the Messiah, to preach the good news, the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to announce release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to send forth as delivered those who are oppressed, who are downtrodden, downtrodden, bruised, crushed, and broken down by calamity. Verse 19. To proclaim the accepted and acceptable year of the Lord, the day when salvation and free favors of God profusely abound. And so I thought he just gave me that word profuse, and, and I'm sure I've read it in the Amplified Classic because, you know, that's probably my second go-to after the King James. But profuse, what is profuse? It just really means so much that you can't contain it. And favor, you know, King James talks about the acceptable year of the Lord, and that is jubilee. Everybody shout jubilee. What is jubilee? Well, every 50 years in the Old Covenant, a trumpet would sound, and they begin to shout jubilee. You shout Jubilee. Come on, every every 50 years a trumpet would sound and they'd begin to shout Jubilee. You shout Jubilee. And what does that mean? That means every 50 years, if you had lost something, if something had been taken from you, if your children were sold into servanthood, if you had lost your house, if you had lost your field, if you had lost something, you'd begin to shout Jubilee. And you can go knock on that door and say, this is mine, give it back. This is mine. Give it back. Well, that's not fair. That's called favor. And favor is not always fair to the one not receiving it, uh, receiving it but God wants you to know there's favor. And so Jubilee, Jesus said from now on, this is uh, 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 this is happening. It's not a year anymore. It's a person. No, he said it's not a year anymore. I am salvation. I am Jubilee. I am salvation, I am jubilee. You don't gotta wait on a year, you don't have to wait on a season. You didn't have to wait to 2024. Because it's favor and salvation are freely available. And all that salvation is, the profuseness of it for your salvation, you're going to heaven. Salvation, you're healed. Salvation, you're blessed. Salvation, you're protected. Salvation, I mean, it's good, and it's good, and it's good, and it's for you. And recovery of everything you lost. Come on. The the Lord said, uh, you know, in the minor prophet he said, he said, "I'll restore unto you the years." What is that? Well, he can restore marriage. He can restore family. He can restore a business. He can restore a career. He can he can restore a life messed up. It starts with getting saved and then walking in your salvation. Man, we just looked at so much. You know, we've looked at at, uh, Joseph. We've looked at Moses. We've looked at Esther. Um, We've looked at all of them that had favor. And one of the things they had in common was what? God was with them. And God is in you because you're born again. But you got to know God is with you. God is for you. God is on your side. And with God being with them, what was noticed about these people was that God was with them. And because God was with them, even though in many cases, really all of those cases, the circumstances were bad. So, this is what we got to raise our children understanding. This is what we got to tell our young adults. And this is what I got to tell you quit looking at the circumstances. If you're wanting something to be perfect out there, If you need a government, if you need the economy, if you need uh, all the circumstances to go away where you can receive the blessings of God, this is not how that works. Because Satan is the God of this world and everything is messed up out there. And it doesn't matter anymore what you look like, what your education is, where you come from, anything, what language you speak, what nation you're born in. When you get born again, you're of a new people. You have a new family and you're an heir and a joint heir with the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we've got to quit. We've got to tell people because, you know, we walk by faith, not by sight. And people will say, and I've had people look at me like this, and I've had people cross their hands and will stare at me when I'm preaching like this. Listen to me. All that tells me is you believe more in circumstances and more in what they say and in their report than you believe in the report of the Lord. Because he's not only the great equalizer, he's unfair to the, because, because I remember, you know, I think about, um, you know, uh, the isms, because all the isms are out there. It's like all the ites in the Bible. It's all the ites. They were inspired by the devil to destroy Israel. And all the isms, that want to do the same thing. And I was thinking about some of the isms, and you know a lot of the isms. But one of them was, um, you know, uh, uh, I, well, it just slipped out of my mind. But, you know, where, where you get things because you're part of a family, nepotism. And I was just thinking about the isms, and I was going to write them all down, and I didn't write them down. I just felt like that would be a waste of time. And the Lord said, anyway, I practice nepotism. <sighs> what? Yeah. What does it mean? To give your family free advantage. You're in the family. Come on, that's better than a big brother named Guido or a uncle named Guido, right? Or whatever that's, is that, I don't know. Anyway, people don't like that stuff anymore. I would say it's unfair, but I have favor. Now, listen, let's start here. I, I want to talk to you because there's so much I've studied about this, and I, and I want to just jam everything into 45 minutes, and I never can because I always have, like, three hours I want to tell you about, so we just keep going. But um, I mean, I've been studying even, like, um, Daniel. He had unfair, profuse favor. His wasn't with the king first. It was with the guy that was in charge of him. It says the the company of the eunuchs, this guy was in charge of, so much so that Daniel must have been a bodybuilder or something, because he liked to eat a certain way, and he didn't want to eat what the king's people were eating, because I think he thought it made him fat or something, and and not willing to do, and so he had a different diet, and so, remember, and the guy said to him, no, we can't do this, because if you look bad, and uh, he said, well, give me 10 days. Me and my three fellows, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we're going to eat this way, and we're going to prove to you that this is, more, this is better. And the guy said, well, this don't work out. It's my head. But he had such profuse favor with him that everybody's diet, I don't know if you want to go start changing everybody's diet. All I'm saying is favor works in so many different realms. And that led, led him later to favor with the king. That led him later to sleeping on a lion's back instead of being eaten. It led to again pe- over the overarching thing. When do we get in? All these people were sent to deliver. You say, well, Pastor Mark, I'm not sent to deliver anyone. Oh, Jesus is the great deliverer and he lives on the inside of you. Yes, you are called to deliver. You have a ministry of reconciliation. And it is one of your prime directives is to minister to people and get them delivered. You are a deliverer, and that's one of the things. Favor, thank God for the things and the stuff. But that is not our focus. The thing is that we're focused on is this profuse favor will cause us to go into North Alabama and Southern Tennessee, the radius that God has given us, and get people born again, get them back to God, get them filled with the Holy Ghost. marriages restored. Lives change. Teenagers change. Young adults change. Everybody changed because of the blood of Jesus and the power of the Holy Ghost. And then you got King David. Remember him? Remember the first king Saul? He got too big for his britches, and pride was found in him. He's trying to be a priest and a king and everything. And uh, the anointing leaves him, and it goes on David. Well, right after, and David didn't immediately become king, but he was anointed from the place, uh, from that place. At his daddy's house, he was anointed. And then suddenly, an evil spirit came on the first king, Saul. And David happened to be the one called up from the sheep field because he could also play a harp. Isn't it interesting? David was a warrior, David killed the lion and the bear. And God chose him out of everybody, but this man had some favor on his life because before he became king, he became Saul's armor bearer. And his job was to protect the king, but one of the things he did was he played the harp so that devil, when it came on Saul, would go away. Now listen to me. David had some javelins thrown in. He he was good. He could move. That's why he danced before the Lord. He was practicing with all those javelins being thrown at him. But the Bible says the reason that happened was because Saul, a demonized man, loved him. Listen to me. Quit thinking everything's got to be perfect for you to have favor. Because when it's not perfect is when God usually shows up and shows out. David was learning what not to do as well as what to do as he becomes the second king. He's learning it from me. And this has got to be confusing. This is now why I understand something. The Bible says Saul loved him. So that's why I think when he went in in the cave and he could have killed him. He didn't touch him. That's why he didn't appreciate the people that did kill him. This love. Listen to me. Have you ever been God put you in a place where somebody was being honored to you and you had such love for them? When that happens, and it should happen regularly, that means you've got some kind of favor and God's wanting to do some things in you, not just about a job, not just about a career, not just about a position, but something about that person's life that you have the favor of God in your life to change it. Amen. 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 Well, every time there's a God side, there's always a man's side. God is, God's side is God's with you. Favor is not something you have to earn. Favor is something you have because God is with you. It's, be, it's part of your salvation. Everybody say, I have, I have favor. And because I have favor with God, I have favor with? Man. It's not just favor with God. It translates to favor with man. Remember Samuel, he had favor with God and he had favor with man. Oh, man. Some of this was for later, but it's here right now. You find out, why did, why did Samuel have so much favor? Why did Samuel have so much favor? Well, hold, hold your thought there. Let's start with Jesus. Let's go back to Jesus. I'm just getting ahead of myself because I'm so excited. So here in Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19, Jesus goes to the temple. Where is Jesus at? What, what, where's his location? Anybody know? Anybody remember? Where was he? Where, he was born in Bethlehem, but where was he raised? Nazareth, right? He was a Nazarite, Nazarene. My mamaw was a Nazarene. Um, he was in Nazarene. And uh, so when he, was, uh, when he was growing up there, his daddy was a what? Carpenter. What did Joseph also do? Carpenter. He built birdhouses. I don't know what he did. <laughs> he, he, he was a carpenter. So he went into the, the temple, and the minister handed him the book of Isaiah. And he found the place where it was written about him. And he got up. And he boldly proclaimed what we call Luke four eighteen and 19. And when he got done, he said, this is the acceptable year of the Lord. And they knew what that meant, the year of Jubilee, only it wasn't the year of Jubilee that year. But he said, as, as the, he gave the minister the book back, as he began to sit down, I can just see him doing a little bit of a drive-by. And now, as he goes to his seat, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. And they'd be like, what? And they said, is that not Joseph's son? In other words, I grew up with him. He's a carpenter. Who does he think he is? But he just proclaimed to them, this scripture is fulfilled. So they could have activated it that moment. But instead, they got angry. Instead, there would be like the people, well, I just don't like to hear what God's going to do in the next year. I'm tired of it. You know, oh, I, you know, or they grumble about it, or I don't know that I believe that. Well, what did Jesus say? He said this. He said, um, a prophet is not accepted in his hometown among his own kin. What does that mean? N- not, n- kin, not a Barbie doll. Kin, um, like folks, family. Are you with me? I... F- Listen to me, there is a sin of familiarity In some ways, some of you don't understand, it's kind of, I don't, you know, live wrong. But a lot of times is I can't speak into people's lives when they're, if you'll notice, Pastor Rhonda doesn't get to really partake of when I'm operating in the prophetic office. Neither does my daughter, neither does my mother, neither does the people around me a lot of times because I know what's going on and I like to keep, and the Holy Ghost likes me to keep the gift pure. And so I don't usually minister things I know to people, I usually tell them. I don't really minister unless the Holy Ghost says do it. But you got to be careful when you're hanging around people and they're speaking by God, and, and you and you just call them familiar, you just call them normal, you just call them one of us. You got to esteem uh, uh, what's coming out of their mouth. And Jesus said, and what happened? Jesus said, you don't accept me because you, of the basically saying because of the sin of familiarity. And so that sin of familiarity caused them to miss out. On what was going on. So what am I telling you? There's a God's side and there's a man's side. Jesus got up as he sat down and said, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. It's Jubilee. And they didn't believe it. And they did it without. This is just the way faith works, y'all. If you, you have to not only hear it, but you have to believe it. Yeah. And when the Lord says something to you about this is going to happen... You have to, uh, you have to not only, um, Paul told Timothy to war a good warfare with the prophetic utterance that was spoken over him. Yes, I know in our circles prophecy, and you've heard me say it, you know, uh, anybody can, uh, you got to be careful because anybody can get a YouTube channel now, and anybody can say they've seen this, and anybody can say they've seen that, and and a lot of it is just a bunch of baloney, Um, and and you got to be very careful that it it matches up with the Word of God. In other words, if someone calls themselves a prophet, but they never preach a sermon, they're not a prophet. Because if someone says, I'm a prophet, that means they're preachers, they're teachers. They have a five-fold gift. A prophet doesn't mean somebody who prophesies. People can f- prophesy by familiar spirits. you got to be very careful. And yet, on the other hand, we can't be, especially in our circle, so common about when God says something. Did he say it or did he not? See, if he did say it and it's in the Word, then you've got to do your part. And they to Jesus, who we would go, oh, you, 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 you did that to Jesus? But that's exactly what they did. They said, he's no more than a carpenter. And, the, and they didn't receive it. And so why am I bringing that up? Well, because, because the man's side in that part, they failed. It was available. They didn't receive it. Just like how many of you know Jesus is not going to a cross today For those that are not born again, he's already done that. He's already sat down. What do they have to do? They have to receive it. Healing has already been done. It has to be received. Prosperity has been done. It must be received. Peace is done. It must be received. Joy is done. It has to be received. God's not having to do things over again when you have a need. It's done. He'll reveal to you what he's done, and now you receive it. Right? And in the same way, when it comes to favor, I don't believe you have to work for it. I believe it's been made available because it's part of salvation. And God is emphasizing it to you and me right now. And so for me, I say 2024 will be a year of profuse favor. We're already getting lots of testimonies. And it's not even 2024 yet. I mean, that's, that's kind of like, wow. But there is, a, there is a man's side. So let's look at some things that I found of these people we've been studying now, I'm not telling you you have to work at this, but anytime there's a God's side and the man's side, I want to see the man's side, who they are, and what they've done, because it's really more like I want to position myself so that I can receive all that God has. Because some people receive to the abundance, to the overflow. Some people get a little bit. Some people don't get any. And yet everybody heard the same word. So what about, let's start with Joseph. These are the things I know about Joseph. In Genesis 39, 6, it says that he was a goodly man. Joseph was a goodly person and well-favored. What does that mean? He was a good man. What does good mean? I think it has to do with acting righteous. I believe it it has something to do with his character. He was a goodly man. Everybody say goodly. Goodly. And then in Genesis 38, 8 through 9, we see this, that, um, um, No, that's the wrong verse. I wrote it down wrong. Genesis 39, 8 and 9. Let me change that. Second service always gets the advantage of my mistakes in first service. 39. But Joseph refused. Who was he refusing? He was refusing Potiphar's wife. Now, I don't mean this to be wrong or crude, but a man has been offered to have sex with a woman, and this man turned it down. Every man should do that. Don't know that all would. He refused. Everybody said refused. 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 It was made available, but he refused. He refused. Everybody say, he refused. He refused. What's that? That's part of his character. It's part of his character. So God's favor can take you to a place, but if you don't have the character to hold it, you won't have it. Praise the Lord. That's what he says. And I love this. Behold, my master wants not with me in the house. He's committed all that's in my hand. Verse 9. I like this part. There is none greater in this house than me. Neither has he kept back anything from me but you. But because you are his wife, how then can I do this great wickedness? So he considered adultery and fornication great wickedness. And, but this is the thing. He wasn't even worried about his position. He was worried about or concerned about or was very aware of, and I don't want to sin against God. Oh, does that need preached in the body today? Everybody say this I will not, I will not sin, against sin against God. Everybody say, I refuse. I refuse. And then in Genesis chapter 40, verse 8, this is what I see about him. Genesis chapter 40, verse 8. I remember he, after he got out of prison, they found him. And now he's talking to Pharaoh. And they said, we have a dream to dream. And there's no interpreter of it. And Joseph said to them, oh, this is, no, this is when he's in prison. And this is, this. so you remember we got the two guys there. He's second in charge of prison. And he said, do not interpretations belong to God. So even in his gifting, he makes sure that God gets the glory. And when God starts showing you favor and things start popping like popcorn in the microwave in the last 30 seconds, don't we all like the last 30 seconds? And it starts popping, then you got to make sure that you know that it's not you and you give glory to God. And he said here, the interpretations belong to God. Tell them to me. And then he said, basically said, I'm going to go... And this is what I like. I I, I bring this up. But remember, this dreaming thing is what got Joseph in so much trouble. Yet it was his gift. Now, don't go today in the New Testament and try to find a dream interpreter. I almost said demon or something. But I think I liken them to the two. You don't need a dream interpreter today. We don't have one on staff. And you don't need one. And if you had a dream and you got to ask somebody about it, you can just count it pizza. Because if it really came from God, he'll show you what it is. And if it's, re- if it's repeating, you ask God what it is while you're awake and say, Lord, if there's something you want me to know, you can tell me I'm listening. Because a lot of times I believe he gives us a dream because we won't pay attention during the day. All right. So I, I like the fact that even though this dream is what, what it, it got him in trouble, so to speak, and yet he's willing to be used of God anyway. I like that. That's part of his what? His character. Part of honoring God. Um, Genesis forty-one sixteen. Now he's at Pharaoh's place. And Pharaoh has a dream. And Joseph answered Pharaoh and said, it is, it is not me. It's not me. So, so they're elevating his gift. They're saying, you're the dream interpreter. And, you know, you're gifted. And he said, it's not me. It's not me. So business people, when someone gives you, say, you're, you're the best businessman i ever met. You say, it's not me. It's God's grace on me. When you get promotions and raises because of this favor you don't deserve, you be bold. Uh, God did this for me. I give glory and honor to God. I remember when I was an accountant, when I figured something hard out, my boss would be like, that's impressive. I would say, and I really was very young in the Lord, God helped me because He did. How I many you oh, know God knows everything? Yes, Hallelujah. Glory to God. So back Genesis 41, 16, what does it say? It said, Joseph answers, it's not me. God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. So he not only said, it's not me, but he, sh- he showed a way to a good God and said, what, this is troubling you, but God's going to give you an answer of peace. So what we see about Joseph? Well, then we see this in Genesis forty one, thirty nine, because now Pharaoh is impressed. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, For as much as God has showed you all these things, there is none so discreet and wise as you are. In other words, in that brief moment of time, because of how he responded to Pharaoh, he realized that he was discreet, knowledgeable, and a wise man. What is that again? His character. He's discreet. In other words, you know, I always use it like into this. When I think of discreet, I think of someone, you know, I've been in the ministry a long time, 35 years. And I figured out that all, everybody knows one person who won't tell. So remember, I come up to you and say, hey, I've got a secret. Can you keep it? Because um, I was told not to tell it, but I know you won't tell anybody. But he has one person who won't tell. Everybody has one person who won't tell. And you wonder how it gets back around because everybody has one person who won't tell. Everybody. I've had ministers come to me with some big announcements and say, I was in a meeting, this was private, and I know you won't tell. But, and they tell me. And you know, Pastor Rhonda, they think that that makes us privileged because they're going to tell us something that nobody's supposed to know. But all that does is put a big X on their name of like, if I ever needed anything, I'm not telling you. Because everybody knows one person who won't tell. But Joseph didn't tell nobody. He was discreet. In other words, Pharaoh said, I can trust you because of your character. He barely knew him. And then we know this in Psalms 105 about, uh, about Joseph. The Bible says his dream tried him. When something tries you, what's it trying? God's not trying you to, to take you out. But when, when things are tried because of the dream, because of the vision, because of the call, because of the favor on your life, then that tries you. Meaning, is your character up to it? Is your character up to it? Can it hold you? God can get you anywhere. But he, he, he's not the one that you have to work on your own character with the help of the Holy Ghost. The fruit of the Spirit is your human spirit. They're not the fruit of the Spirit, meaning that the Holy Ghost just gives you these things. No, it's your born-again spirit that as you grow and mature and do what is right, it produces those fruit. And in the same way, God can get you anywhere, but it's only your character and my character that can hold us there. Can, I say, can, I, can you say Amen. Hallelujah. Let's look at Moses just a little bit. As I was just studying this, I'm just intrigued by what's going on because I see that when God was with them, they had favor with God and favor with man. And I see that they had the blessings of God on their life. And I see that, and I want that for me, and I want that for you. And I see that also they were able to deliver people, and God used them. But what was it in their personal life? What was it that caused them to be able to hold this favor and walk it out? And have it. So we see Joseph. Now let's look at Moses. Well, remember Moses, what had happened? I mean, he, his mama saw that he was a goodly child and had favor on his life. So uh, uh, he was adopted by Pharaoh's daughter. He grew up in privilege. He grew up in honor. He grew up in the richest house in town. And he had all that. And remember, though, that he realized who he was and where he came from. And he had this call in his mother's womb. And he saw uh, uh, an Egyptian um, not being kind to one of the Hebrews. And so he killed him and he thought all the, because he is really a deliverer, and so he saw the problem, but he tried to deal with it in his own flesh, and he thought all the Hebrews would say, he's for us, but what did they do? You gonna kill us too? And so he fled, and when he fled, he went to the mountain that God would eventually give him the Ten Commandments on, which is really cool, God met him where he was, his their place. I don't have time to talk about that. But it's interesting that you, where you are sometimes is the favor. And people who move out of their, their their place move out of their favor. Ask Elijah, he had to go to the brook called Cherith where the ravens fed him. Then he had to go to Zarephath where a, a widow woman fed him. Sometimes your places of favor are just as important as the favor. you got to be where God told you to be. And so, anyway, so here we got uh, we got a Moses, and he's at his. He doesn't know it. His their place where he eventually will meet with God. But the first thing he runs across is a bunch of girls feeding, uh, you know, taking watering daddy's sheep and some guys come in to try to push them away and Moses the deliverer because that's who he is that's the favor of God in his life that's the grace on his life that's the anointing on his life he runs them all off because that's who he is in other words again even though he had just great um, misunderstanding and he didn't do it right that's still on him the favor of God the presence of God the life of God what God has called you to do it is in you and it is on you and if you let it it will come out and so he was a deliver. So he delivered those girls from those mean guys. And remember his daddy said, well, where is he? Bring him to dinner. And so they went and got him and his whole life changed. But there's, I just wanted you to see that even after his failure, that, that favor, that call is still on him. And he did what? He yielded to it this time in a good way. Um, in Exodus chapter 3, verse 4, uh, Pastor Rhonda ministers on this a lot, and but I want to look at this, Exodus chapter 3, verse 4. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and, and Moses, and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, here am I. So listen to me. So this is the beginning of, if you really study this out, there's never been anyone else in the Word of God where God gave such direct Specific instructions to that a man carried them out specifically just like Moses did. It's just fascinating in the old covenant that God spoke to him so clearly. Remember when Miriam and Aaron got perturbed because he married an Ethiopian woman? And remember, they said, You know, we hear from God too. And immediately, God called a a come to Jesus meeting, although they didn't call him come to Jesus yet. But that's really what it was. God kind of poked his head out of heaven and said, You three, come here now. That's what happened. And how many know Miriam was sorry? Because remember, he did give, but he said, You're a prophet, and I speak to you in dreams and visions. But Moses, I speak face to face with. Now listen to me. That is beyond cool. In other words, he's like, you just said something about my friend. And I ain't having it. The, f- the favor on Moses' life. And then Moses had to be like, oh, Lord, you know, we can't leave her looking like that. <laughs> Healer. He- I mean, but that was his heart. Why? Did God pick Moses? Why did he have such favor? He wasn't perfect. He wasn't born in perfect circumstances. He was a Hebrew raised by an ungodly family. He had all the privilege, could have really messed this boy up. Good thing his mama was able to raise him. But listen, there's something about him. This is the first part of it. When God spoke, he turned, and he gave God all of his attention. And even though Moses had a a self-esteem problem, he didn't feel like he could talk. He didn't feel like he could be the mouthpiece of God. And the Lord even got a little aggravated about it, but he sent him help. There's something about Moses' heart and Moses' character that God really likes. He could have picked anybody, but he picked him. Why? Oh, why? Oh, why? Numbers chapter 12, verse 3. Now the man Moses was very meek. What does it mean to be meek? It doesn't mean to be weak. Meekness is not weakness. Meekness is humility. I can take you a bunch, I can rattle off a bunch of scripture in the New Testament, but it says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And when you do in due season or in your season or in your season of favor, he will exalt you. But if you don't submit yourself to God, you can't even resist the devil. What is humility? Humility means I know that I have to rely on Him because I can't do it in myself. I don't know enough, I can't be enough, and I'm not all that in myself. But in Him, in Him, which is where I am now, I can do all things. I can know all things. This man, Moses, was very meek. Listen to this. Above all the men which were on the face of the earth, He was the most humble of anybody on planet earth at his time. Now this is a good lesson for all of us today because the way up is down. If you want to be first in the kingdom of God, then you're going to have to be last. If you want to be lifted up, then you're going to have to be a servant of all. Jesus said, "I didn't come to be served, I came to serve." Moses was the most humble. Humility is the key is is a key the key, A key, both, eh, I want a, the key to the power of God. I don't like to say the anything because there could be a number. But I'm telling you, humility is the key to the power of God, to the delivering power of God. You want to be a deliverer? You want to help people? You want to help yourself? Then you got to humble yourself. And God's not going to humble you. He was the most humble of anybody on planet earth. What else did it say about him? Numbers 12, 7, and 8. My servant Moses is not so. He's faithful. He's the most faithful in all my house. All this favor was on Moses' life. But there had to be, that's God's side. The man's side, in order for him to carry it, in order for him to walk it out, he was the most. Now, how many know Moses wasn't perfect? Do you remember at the end of his life? You remember when all the people were squawking again about water? Remember the first time the Lord told him to hit, get a rod and hit it? And that rock was the type of Jesus who would give us life-giving water. And um, they came up again, and God gave him a strat. Moses' whole life, now listen to me, you can be a man of character, you can be anything, but it doesn't make you perfect. And it, it doesn't mean you won't make some mistakes. King David, humble, really messed up. Right? But God still called him a man after his own heart. Moses, man, him and God have been arguing about these people all the time. Remember, if they ever got on the same page, God would have wiped them out. But Moses interceded, or God was telling Moses, they're all right, they can make it. They were always on the opposite page. Some of you need to thank God, me and Pastor Ron are are that way. Hallelujah. No. But it's true that you need somebody to reason with you when you want to do something. You know, we're not the sons of thunder. Remember them? They wanted to call down fire. And God said, and Jesus said to them, you don't even know what spirit you're of. Right? Want right. to right? fix everybody. Want to crack down with the power of God, you know. Burn them out. But he was, he was the most faithful. Oh, no, it can't be that time. The music starts. I have to stop. Well, I got three more pages. Um, I got to at least get to that one. Y'all be back after the first of the, let's see. I got a, do I got a Sunday in between? though no, the 31st. You'll, you'll be here on the 31st. Okay. But I'm not going to finish on the 31st. I can just tell you that right now. We're going to preach on favor into the new year. Amen. Because I need you to get it. God needs you to get it. Because it's not just about you. It's about people you're supposed to reach. It's about you walking in favor and the good things that are coming, but it's about the overarching thing of God wants to use you to help somebody. Amen, amen. So, so what about this Moses? He was faithful. He was faithful. So we see some character. But now I want to give you this. Let me at least give you this. Do you remember? Um, let's look at this scripture. What what's the man's side? Let's look at this scripture. Let's look at Exodus 3, 21 and 22. God's dealing with Moses about going into Egypt, going back to Egypt where he grew up, and he's about delivering the people out. It was time. And God said to him, I will give the people, the Hebrews, favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And it shall come to pass that when you go, you will not go Empty. Verse 22. But every woman, now this was assignment for only half the crowd, and it was for the women. And I believe that this has a lot to do with the last days. And there will be an army of women that will rise up and get some things done. Every woman shall borrow of her neighbor. God sent the women. And this is talking about just the women. The men had an assignment, but the women had an assignment. She will go borrow of her neighbor. In other words, they're going to give it to her. of, of uh, And of her that sojourns in her house, jewels of silver, jewels of gold and raiment. And you shall put them upon your sons and upon your daughters, and you shall spoil the Egyptians. So it's interesting to me that as God is talking about Moses, about going back home and really being the deliverer that he was called to be, one of the things that will be a sign and a wonder to let Moses know that this was really of God is that the very last thing he's going to send the women to the Egyptians homes and they're going to spoil them and people say I can't believe God would steal they're, they wouldn't have anything if it weren't for Joseph they wouldn't have anything if it wasn't for God all right then what happened Favor, he said. I, he, remember in verse twenty-one. He said, I, "It's favor." Everybody say favor. favor. What kind of favor? We're having profuse favor. Say profuse favor. What did this profuse favor do? It caused them to go. Now look. Let's look at this, and then we'll close. He, he, Exodus eleven three. Exodus eleven three. And the Lord gave the people favor. So he prophesied he was going to give them favor, and now that favor is on them. They've come through all the plagues. The lights were still on in Goshen. The frogs weren't in Goshen. The hail wasn't in Goshen. God protected his people because they had favor. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of Egyptians. Moreover, the man Moses was very great in the land of Egypt and in the sight of Pharaoh's servant and in the sight of the people. And, let's, uh, and then it goes on to talk about uh, how then they did it. They went, the women went, and they spoiled them. God prophesied it basically said, this is going to be a sign of your favor. And at the very end, but what am I telling you? Yes, God was with him, but guess what? The women actually had to go knock on the door. How many of you know how hard that might've been? This woman, her house who had been cruel to me, this woman who had put me down, I delivered her babies. And she was still mean and nasty to me because I'm a servant. I'm a slave. Now I've got to go walk up to her house and go, um, the Lord God Jehovah said that everything you got is mine. Give it. And the, the Egyptian woman like, yeah, here, no, take these. I just got these at Dillard's. But you take them. You take them. Prada, you can have whatever you want. Just take it. Just take it for your journey. Just take it. And they spoiled them. The silver, the gold. And then the women made sure that the men and the children had everything they needed. What is that? I know sometimes in our circle people don't like to hear this, but I do believe the wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous. I would prefer the wicked come in with it. I would prefer the wicked come in with it. In other words, I prefer they get born again and come on in. But it don't matter. God's going to take care of you and me. But it's just interesting, this favor. But can, what I wanted you to see today, and I just barely got started real good, was yes, God is with you. And yes, there's favor, but it still takes faith. And it still has something to do with your character. When He gets you there, are you gonna be able to hold it? And there's still, how I many know oh, faith with chorus, without corresponding actions is what? Amen. DOA. If someone just hears something and they never do anything with what God said, that's DOA, that's DOA faith, dead on arrival. Faith comes by hearing, but the only way faith works is if you put the word of God in your mouth and you have some corresponding actions. If you're not a doer of the word and a doer of the work, then you're not going to be able to attain and you have deceived yourself and you're going to be frustrated So while the blessings of God are flowing, and they always have been flowing since the day Jesus got up and said, today this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. I am salvation. I am jubilee. I am basically what he's saying. I am favor. This is the year. This is the time. Profuse favors abound. But what do you got to do? You and I, me and you, we have to have the character to hold it. And then it's a corresponding action. How many you know if you were one of them slave women who have been used to being bossed around, told you were nothing. Your husband's out traipsing all over the country, getting straw for bricks, beaten, cast down. And the Lord says, go up to her house, knock on the door and says, Jehovah says, it's mine. And they spoiled the Egyptians. And it worked. Because that woman who went and knocked on the door did it in faith. Just like the Passover meal was done in faith. And the Lord was able to pass over. Now at the same time, that's happened. The Passover's happened. Now these people got some confidence in God. And they go, the, they, what I want you to see really what the Lord was saying is, they literally think of it in your mind. I wish I'd have had a video or something so it would be etched in you. They literally had to walk up to the door, knock on the door, and say something. God just didn't move on the Egyptians to give it to them. They had to receive it. They had to, what is faith? Taking what God promises. And if you want to walk in 2024, in profuse favor, then you're going to have to take it right now. You're going to have to take it right now. And then you and I are going to have to hold our places. We're going to have to humble ourselves. We're going to have to make sure that when something happens, God, well, I got a raise today. I got a promotion today. Ooh, glory to me. No, not glory to you. Not because you got a better degree. Not because you did this. Not because you worked over. Whether you think that or not, until you get a hold of it, you better tell God, thank you. And you better give him the glory. And you better tell people around you, God did that. Even if you're new to this and you think you did it, let me tell you, you think wrong. And I'm going to tell you that God did it. And you better say God did it, even if you don't understand that God did it. Until you understand that God did it, you better say God did it. And then he'll give you understanding. But humble yourself. i got to humble myself. Praise the Lord. Amen. Glory to God.